0: Yesterday I talked about a movie that was based on a play that made you feel really, really cramped, and the camera work was subdued, everything was really constrained, because in a real play, you get to uh, have one seat the entire time, and the play accommodates to you. And that's how I think Glenn Gary Glenn Ross took care of its uh, you know, filmic elements. Thanks to the fact it was based on a play. Today, I'm talking about one that uh, came out in 2012, ended up taking that whole idea to a very, very, very different level and used it to very different ends. Tom Hooper's edition, ad- Tom Hooper's adaptation of Les Miserables, and I loved the musical for years. Uh, about all throughout high school, when I was a big, big theater kid, they uh, they took the big insane theatrical play. Now, Les Mis is a musical. It's all about, you know, the big, grandiose operatic songs, and what Les Mis, the play, does so well is it makes, uh, you know, that wonderful operatic feel and tone and, like, that punch-to-the-gut emotion you get all the time from it and turned it into something a lot more accessible. There's a lot of uh, pop influence in it. There's a lot more, uh, you know, digestible lyrics, a much better story than most other operas out there. So it was a massive production. It was this huge thing where there are these giant show-stopping numbers uh, thanks to huge casts and uh, you know big bellowing vocals and really fun crowd-rousing uh, numbers where everyone's singing along. There's uh, Master of the House, which is literally in a pub. Everyone's singing a drinking song while wasted. It's wonderful. But this movie adaptation um, took something that was huge and grandiose on stage originally, and turned it into something really constrained. Now, you could argue that... I argue that it's because... to make the emotions from Les Miserables work, you really need to have something huge on stage to make it feel personal. So, like I said, hundreds of people are in one room looking at one thing. In order to make it feel personal, it's got to be big to touch everyone in the room emotionally simultaneously. Uh, I think the play itself does it fantastically i think it has a lot to do with the fact that again the show stopper numbers and the huge cast big epic story takes like three hours to get through the movies like three hours but they did that in the play and in the movie they really constrained it um which i think is interesting because you know when you watch a movie it's on a much smaller screen it's on a much, uh, it's a much different experience uh, from watching a play, watching a movie. You know, they took something that was huge on stage with Les Miz, and every single showstopper number is filmed, the entire movie really, is filmed with intense close-ups, and really, really, really brutal, like... Admissions directly to the camera. It was all handheld. It was all recorded live. You know, everything that you're seeing on screen is incredibly raw and incredibly big, constrained to fit into this one frame. For example, uh, the very, very first song you hear in both the play and the movie, it's called The Work Song, as far as I know. Um, that's what, how it was in my original Broadway soundtrack. It's called The Work Song. And it's all these prisoners, you know, chanting, bellowing, boom, 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 singing this crazy song about, you know, how you have to look down, you have to, you know, make sure you hold your own while you're in prison. Life sucks. It's a living hell. It's boom, boom boom, boom, boom. They're all working. That's how they get through the day. And it's a huge, crazy introduction to the story because it's all about how life is hell. The whole thing is about how life is hell. It's wonderful. But in the movie, they took this really big, bellowy song that's supposed to be sung by a chorus of big, burly, manly men, and it's muttered by a bunch of people individually. Uh, So... I'll put a clip to this in the show notes so that you can see it. But the thing is, instead of the look down, look down, boom, 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 this really big, ins- insane, intense number, you get these really tight close-ups of individual people muttering the lines from the song. And I don't know if it has to do with the mixing of the audio, the fact that it was all done live with the earpiece things, that got a bunch of press uh, when the movie was released, but it just doesn't have the same impact at all. And I think with something as personal as Les Mis, that was written for the stage, it has to be big and grandiose. To make it that much smaller and compact, it works sometimes. Like Anne Hathaway's wonderful, heart-wrenching rendition of I Dreamed a Dream. But... It doesn't work a lot of the other times when uh, people like Hugh Jackman are kind of speak-singing these things that are meant to be like sung by classical opera singers out to a giant audience in a way that makes you feel this pain. Like The songs weren't written for this style of movie. Uh, going back to Master of the House, like I was mentioning before, they... Have a whole chorus of people singing and like clinking glasses and drinking, and it's wonderful. It's one of those things that's such a big production number that sends chills down my spine every time I listen to the original version. And as wonderful as Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter are in this, in their roles in this version of the movie, the way that it's done again is just kind of. Mm, yes, I am the master of the house, I'm uh, doing this thing, and I'm going to be saying things in a bit of a rhyme, but I won't actually be singing. Uh, the, I don't know what that accent was, but you get the idea. It's not as structured, it's not as polished, it's not as big. And I feel like those are the things that really make for a great, A, Broadway production, B, make for a great production of Les Mis, especially. Um, I don't know if I think that the movie is something that really succeeds because of it, Um it's certainly different. It's certainly different from simply filming a live Broadway production. Now that never works. I saw a production of a uh, rent filmed straight uh, off of Broadway, and it was crap. Like the way that they translated it to the screen was nothing. They didn't do anything. They just put cameras around and filmed it, and it didn't work at all because you know they're changing perspectives, and that's what not what the stage is all about. Um, But when it comes to Les Mis, it's certainly different. It's certainly something entertaining, especially when it comes to movie musicals, because especially in the classic, uh, you know, the golden age of movie musicals, they would do, they would literally stage giant Broadway dance numbers in a studio and then film it and then put it on screen and expect that it would get the same kind of response as it would on Broadway, which I can understand. I do like a good, classic, fun, big showstopper number on screen that's why i think lame is needed the 2012 lame is anyway but in lame is they just constrained it into this really weird package that i don 't think really worked at all, uh, aside from all of that, like my big philosophical problem with the movie in terms of its staginess or lack thereof uh, the acting is all fantastic. Anne Hathaway definitely deserved uh, best actress or best supporting actress that year. Um, Hugh Jackman, I feel like he could have done better, but as like a Javert as a character, he did very well, uh, his singing was pretty good, but again, it was like speak singing, muttering into the camera, these things that should have been belted out for a big audience of 500. Russell Crowe, everyone knows. He's bad. Like He was really bad in this movie. He can't sing. Uh, But at least we got that meme out of this movie. And I'm Javert. I love that. I'm really glad he was in it just for that, even if I had to put up with his horrible rendition of Stars. Uh, Who else? Um, The girl that sings... On my own was absolutely incredible. She was uh, you know a West End actress before they tapped her and brought her into this, and she was brilliant um, who else there 's moments in the movie where Tom Hooper does this really, really weird camera work that i don 't think works at all. Um, I talked about this King speech once on this podcast and I mentioned how I hate Tom Hooper's cinematography. Uh, I feel like he definitely toned back on it in this production or in this movie, but there's a moment later when Marius is singing, uh, empty chairs, empty tables where he breaks the line so many times like that invisible line is supposed to draw between, you know, characters when they're having a conversation. It's not really a conversation, but he literally switches sides of his face. It infuriated me as a film guy. But, you know, I feel like this movie does an admirable job of uh, packaging a Broadway musical into something very different and uh, bringing it to the masses in movie form. But as for, you know, the fact that it was originally Les Mis, it was originally this wonderful, beautiful, big production, I think it failed miserably. I've also seen it twice. It does not hold up over multiple viewings. Uh, beyond that, yeah, that's lame. Miz. I think it's interesting, good, the music is pretty good, the directorial aspects are bad. Uh, tune in tomorrow for another play-oriented ADR episode.